This is the Reluctant Leader Podcast. The podcast designed to help you step out of the shadows and become an inspirational leader. I'm your host, Mark Terrell, and each episode I will be getting to grips with a leadership topic by interviewing an expert in their field. I'll be picking their brains for those golden nuggets that will help you be the best you can be. Make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing at thereluctantleader.co.uk and please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. So let's get on with the show. In today's episode, I'll be talking to Ali Stewart about attitudes and behaviours. Ali Stewart is an entrepreneurial executive and leadership coach who teaches the award-winning Liberating Leadership System to leaders across the world. Ali and Derek Biddle have been testing and developing the model together for over 20 years. She runs the accreditation body for facilitators wanting access to the model to help their clients and has authored other powerful books in the series. Ali is a liberated leader of her own company. Hope you enjoy this uh, episode and I will see you on the other side. So welcome, Ali, to the Reluctant Leaders podcast. Um, Thank you very much, Mark. It's uh, great to have you here. Um, I must admit, you were right to the top of my list when I decided to start this podcast, um, and I'm thrilled that you're here. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> good, good. Um, so we're going to be talking about some uh, the attitudes and behaviours of, of leaders and how um, a reluctant leader can actually instill better attitudes and behaviours in their team and also um, have better and a better attitude and behaviour themselves. Before we get stuck into that, um, I'd be really interested to find out what was the pivotal moment um, that um, started you down the path of what, what you do and why you do it. Uh, what, was that, what was that moment? Oh, well, that, that's quite curious, Mark, because I had been building a management consultancy with a couple of others for many years, and we were using a great many psychometric tools which seek to understand the mind. And in 2003, I went off on the four-day Insights Discovery Accreditation. I thought it was just another tool to add to our kit bag. But the four-day accreditation blew me away. And when I got back to the office, I said, I just want to do this now. And they said, no, you can't. And I said, well, I'm sorry, I've got to go and do this now. So I started my own company in 2004 just to be able to coach with the insights tool. But curiously, um, while I was growing the management consultancy with chartered occupational psychologist, Dr. Derek Biddle, we had been working together on a leadership program, which I took with me. I was kind of holding it. And then when I started coaching people with insights to look at themselves and their own style, it just automatically led to discussions because I said, you know, your, your leaders could really do with help. Can I come and talk to you about your leaders? So one thing led to another. That's excellent. And, and um, from what I know, um, the Liberator Leadership Programme that you use now, that wasn't initially what you started with. You had um, something else um, that you started off with. Is that right? Well, all the while Derek and I were developing it, it was called Leading and Developing High Performance. It was simply a working title. It was a bit of a mouthful, but we couldn't think of anything better to actually describe it. 
So as we were developing it, it became a training manual and we were testing it with all of our clients. And clients at the time were, were big companies like Gillette and Vodafone and the Foreign and Commonwealth Office, um, Friends of Providence, Seven Trent Water. So big um, private companies, big public organizations, local authorities, loads of other companies up and down the country. And we tested and tested and refined the work and wrote questionnaires to, to help leaders along the way. And then in 2012, Insights brought out their deeper discovery model, which talks about archetypes. And one of my archetypes was liberator. And liberator is all about transforming people and setting them free from their limiting beliefs. And I just thought that's wonderful. That absolutely describes what I do in all of my work. How about I rename liberate, sorry, leading and developing high performance, liberating leadership. And now it's attracting worldwide acclaim. Absolutely. And I think the important, the important, the important lesson there is, um, is to find something that sort of uh, fires you up and is, it gives you a, a vision, which is obviously part of liberating leadership. You talk about visioning. Um, once you have that vision, it's so important, isn't it? It is so important. It's actually the very first step of the leader's journey, because if you don't have a vision, how are you going to hold your people accountable? You know, mm. they'll just be doing their own special thing. You can't give them tough feedback unless you know what you're giving them feedback on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and it, it's like um, the old saying: if 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 you don't know where you're going, then any road will will do. It's it's setting down that the right path, um, but it's not it's not an easy thing to do, is it? It's it's um, you know it's not something we can just sort of oh, well we know exactly where we're going because it, it we we can set a direction, but yes. I think that the, the the important thing is it's setting that direction. It's not necessarily where we end up, but we've got to exactly. set that direction. Exactly. And an example of that is working with um, uh, the, the leadership of a leadership team of a primary school recently. And I was trying to help them to set their vision. And it was to, you know, have a happy place for children and help them to learn and grow. Yeah. So this all sounds very normal. You know, why would I bring my child to this primary school mm. instead of the primary school two blocks down? Mm. And I said to the head, you know, you're fairly new. What did you see when you came here? Why did you want to be the head here? Mm. He said, well, it, it's a very poor community. Um, the, the parents don't have a great regard for the school and there are bars on the windows. And he said, I, I thought it looked more like a prison. And I came, I walked around here during my interview and I thought, I want to get the bars off the windows. Now, when he said that, that had a, a visceral reaction in me because now I, I, I want to do everything I can to help him mm. get the bars off the windows because that means developing the children, the staff, the community, the parents, everybody around. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, it, and it's a, such a, um, a, a simple vision, isn't it? You know, simple, just put yes. it into one sentence. I want to get the, the, the bars off the window. What, you know, it's a, it's a great cause and yeah. people can buy into it very easily. So it doesn't have to be a complicated thing, does it, the vision? No, it doesn't. And certainly my own vision in liberating leadership is simple. It's, it's hard, but it's simple. And that's to help yeah. every leader on the planet make developing people their number one priority. 
And so often when I go and talk to leaders in organizations and I say, where in your daily task list does the task of developing people come? And they look sheepish and they say, Ali, it's right at the bottom. And on most days, it's not there at all. Yeah. And, and it's so easy to get stuck in, stuck into the day-to-day stuff, and isn't it? Um, and we're not, it's so, it's so it's easy. a challenge for people. Um, uh, and it's not about making things – well, it's, it's about making things as easy as we can, but obviously not making it um, sound as if it's, it's um, easy because it isn't. It, it needs um, some commitment um, and, yeah. um, and obviously a vision at the beginning. So well, that's all great stuff, Ali. And I think um, – you know, uh, will resonate with our listeners today. So let, let's just move on to um, the topic that we're going to sort of delve into today, uh, and that's attitudes and behaviours. It, it's something that you cover in the Liberating Leadership book. Um, and what, how would you sum up um, how attitude and behaviours um, um, affect um, a, a, lead, a leader and, and the team that he leads, or he, he or she leads, I should say. <laughs> well, what I notice with leaders, Mark, is that they tend to get very tied up in the emotion of a poorly performing team member. And when I talk to them, they say, do you know what they did then? And they did this and they did that. Can you believe that? And they're so wrapped up mm-hmm. in the awful wrongdoings of the person. And I think they fall into the trap of thinking that they have to fix the whole person. Mm -hmm. And in fact, leaders only have to address attitudes and behaviours. And just to explain, we talk about the onion model. Um, if, If you imagine people like an onion, we're made up of many, many, many layers. And at the very heart of us is our personality. Now, no leader has the right to try and change anybody's personality. Mm. That's, not, that's not nothing to do with the job they're doing. Also, that the layer next to the core are the values, the values we hold dear, the values we learn from our parents, from our school, from our country, our society, the world, how we choose to live our life. And again, that's nothing to do with the leader. Mm. All the leader needs to be concerned with is do they have the right attitude to do the job that is expected of them? And is their behavior such that they're doing that to to the standard I want? So if leaders just focus, and they're they're the outer layers of the onion, if you like, Mm -hmm. and they're much easier to change. If you try and change personalities and values which are at the heart, it will cause, cause all sorts of problems. Yes, and I think that's one of the, the things that I come across quite often is that, um, especially when you ta- start talking about um, doing um, like testing, uh, you, you mentioned insights, and there's lots of those sort of profiling, profiling mm-hmm. tools out there. Um, people are a bit sort of standoffish, thinking that, oh, you'll just want to find out stuff so you can change everything about me. But it, it's not about that, is it? No, it's about understanding more about the way you work and what motivates you. Because now I can look at your attitude and attitudes are the underlying beliefs or approaches to work and life which underpin your behavior. Um, And behaviors are what you actually do, how you handle handle clients, how you talk to each other, how you talk to the leader. Um, And you get get into so much difficulty. You know, there's, there's been court cases where 
you know, people have worn a crucifix to work and, you know, that's gone all the way to court because that is attacking the person's central values and mm-hmm. beliefs. That's nothing to do with their attitudes and behaviour. Yeah, it absolutely. does not affect your job role if you've got a crucifix around your neck, for goodness sake. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. And we all get wrapped up in as to the, the meaning of things. And actually, yes. Uh, yes. it's nothing to do with the, the job and, and the role that they're trying to uh, to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so what um, I think we hear a lot of is that people just make statements about it's, it's an attitude problem or... Um, these sort of statements. Um, so, so how do we go across um, over that sort of, you know, it's their attitude. How do we sort of instill a better attitude? The problem that leaders have got is that they're never taught how to do this at school. So they start, you know, there's they've learnt their skill, they've learnt their trade or profession really well. They are totally uh, lacking in understanding how to do this, and this is why they struggle. So if somebody has got a skill issue, it's much easier for them to deal with. They can just send them on a training course, simple. They they learn the skill and bam, they come back and hopefully they do it. So often it's attitude getting in the way and leaders are frightened about dealing with it because the people are very good at deflecting, you know, their behavior is because of this or it's because of that or because so-and-so did this or because that system's rubbish. And they can argue their way around things and tie the leader up in knots. It's, it's really important then for the leader to, to get very clear about what the attitude, what the attitude actually is. So some people will say, oh, you know, they've got a terrible attitude. They don't use their initiative. So I say, tell me what they're doing when they're not using their initiative. Well, they don't, um, they don't come in on time. They don't talk to their colleagues. They don't see what needs to be done. You know, they, they start giving me much more behavioral things that we can now address. Yeah. And, and one of the things that, um, again, you address in Liberator Leadership is, is, um, um, is identifying the reasons as you mentioned um, but um, when, when we look at what people do uh, or what they're not doing um, we can quite clearly well not quite clearly but we can we can um, think about what they're doing by whether they are doing it because they can't do it or not doing it, I should say or they, they're not doing it because they won't do it and there's obviously a, a, a big difference there there is a big difference and sometimes um, if if people don't have the right level of skill and that that means they can't do it you know they couldn't do it if their life depended on it because they haven't learned that skill yet Um, if you then train them in the skill it, it then can remove the won't do problem the attitude problem because sometimes they try and hide the fact that they can't do this thing, which causes their attitude to go a bit awry. Mm. So if you can address one, it often addresses the other one as well. So part of that is actually having a culture where people are uh, willing to admit that they can't do stuff. um, uh, And, and, and so encouraging them to, to come to you and, and say, look, I don't think I can do this. Yes. 
and part of that is the the the, the leader's mindset mm-hmm. so if the leader is is has high expectations of the person i want you to succeed if they're treating the person with positive regard you know belief in them as an individual who can succeed and also genuineness so if they're open with them look this is the vision this is what i want you to do i am going to give you feedback every day very clearly on whether your behavior and attitude is such that you're you're going to help us achieve the vision is that helpful and most people want to know if they're doing well or if they're not doing well and and what can i do to improve yes so, so they usually thrive when when there's that kind of environment going on yes and and i can't really uh, move on from that for, without mentioning um the importance of explicitness which is again something that you talk about in the book about uh, learning yes. to be explicit uh, i've i've um had lots of conversations around well what did you actually say uh, and what was the outcome um and if you if you actually take responsibility for the outcome as to yes. if it didn't happen then what did i do that what could i do more of or what could i do different to make sure that the, the outcome is right being the leader um yes. and and being more explicit um is 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 really important but again it's not easy is it no it's not easy and you know culturally some in some organizations it just doesn't happen because they have a more um possibly bolshy attitude you know i was chucked in at the deep end and i've made my way so i'm going to chuck them in at the deep end um all sorts of things can be getting in the way and explicit, being explicit does take longer in the short term but it reaps dividends in the long term so if we're imagining somebody is coming into a call center your your call center manager and a new employee comes in you might look at their cv and think well they've worked in three different call centers before i can just stick them on the phone and they'll just get going that is so totally wrong because they don't know how you do things around here and how they're going to be measured here in this environment so if you say to them very clearly look you know in this organization we expect the phone to be answered within 3 rings if it rings for any more than 3 rings you know that that will be a bad mark against you you know it's just simply not acceptable we we answer the phone within 3 rings is that clear yes that's totally clear we we switch off from whatever else we're doing when we answer the phone and we smile when we pick up the phone because that comes across when you speak and we use the person's name we ask them for their name and use their name throughout the call it, is that okay does that feel comfortable for you so you're telling the you're giving the people um very explicit instructions on how they can succeed and not just leaving them to fail yes and 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 this is um quite i come across it's quite often with um um managers uh not wanting to um almost um um not to be too specific and and that almost like makes it almost undermines them um and and the 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 skills they 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 know that they've got the skills so they think that if they tell them specifically what they want it's almost like saying well you're not really capable whereas actually what they're doing is that like as you've just described is that 
there is a, there's different ways of doing things. This is the way we do it because that's what is right for us, and it's 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 it's, um, it's in line with our values, uh, and, and that's the way we do it. It's there's it's just the way that things work. That's absolutely right, and and part of explicitness is also making it super clear what will happen if they don't do the thing. Yeah. So that people know, you know, if I do this, I'll succeed. And if I do that, I won't. It, it makes it very clear. And, you know, we can draw, we can see lots in films like the film Coach Carter with Samuel L. Jackson. When yes. he goes to meet a new unruly team of basketball players in a high school, he, he goes in with a contract. If you want to play on this team, these are the rules. You know, practice starts at 3 p.m. As of 2.55, you're late. If you're late, you do push-ups. So they know exactly what they have to do to succeed or fail. Yes, um, I remember when I um, was on your course, Ali, you talked about your son. Um, and uh, I think that resonates with uh, definitely with parents. Um, I think the, the stories around um, him um, putting his washing out on time. <laughs> so yes, when his you know he was fifteen years old and very unruly and very um, loud mouthed and stroppy, he thought he knew everything, and he was in danger of being expelled from from a very good school. So that the question to him was, do you want to achieve your GCSEs or don't you? The answer was yes. So then I had agreement to coach him. So one of the, as, as you rightly remember, Mark, one of the things was, because I said, we'll just sort out your whole life while we're here, shall we? And he agreed. So I said, your washing must be in the washing basket, which is outside your bedroom door by 7 p.m. on a Friday night. If it's even 7.01 p.m., it will be late and there will be a penalty. And he and I had agreed a whole list of penalties like, you know, remove your mobile phone for the weekend or, you know, a whole list of things. Mm -hmm. So if I just said to him, your washing must be in the washing basket by 7 o'clock on a Friday, it could be open to interpretation. Maybe she means around 7 o'clock, maybe <laughs> 5 past will be okay. Um, you know, he was under no illusion it could not be any later than 7pm. And then the first time he did it, if, I, if I'm setting down these goals for us to achieve, as the leader, I need to be there to see it. So on the very first Friday, I go to the washing basket at 7pm and his washing is in there. And I just want to say, <laughs> hallelujah, I've waited 15 years <laughs> for this to happen. But instead, I need to recognize and reinforce that behavior that I want. So I knock on his bedroom door and I say, hey, Sam, that's terrific. Thank you so much for putting your washing in the basket. Can you do that for me again next week? And of course, he's all smiles because he's pleased his mum now. And that's all he actually wants to do. And so the washing consistently was in the washing basket. Once he was doing that consistently, I don't need to comment on that anymore. We move on. Yes, and, and it's, a, it's a great example of um, what's, what's get re what gets rewarded gets done. Uh, and uh, there's another, another 
you know, a lot of stories. Uh, another story in the in the book about um, the snake and the frog, um, and <laughs> and um, that, that story. If you want to just that, just um, for the for our listeners, just to sum up what that little story was about. So the little story requires you to imagine that um, there's this chap who's got a day off work and he's going to go out on his little boat on a lake fishing for the day. And so he climbs into his boat and he casts off. It's a beautiful day. He casts his line. He lies back in his boat, looking up at the blue, blue sky, and he's at peace with the world. And after a while, there's a, there's a tug on the end of his line and he reels it in. And on his line, there is a snake, a live snake with a live frog in his mouth. And, and the chap thinks, well, that's not very nice for the frog. So he takes the frog out of the snake's mouth and pops it back in the water. And it goes, swims away, happy little frog. But then he's now left holding the snake and he thinks, well, that wasn't perhaps the kindest thing I could have done for the snake. But all he's got in his boat is his little hip flask of brandy. So he thinks, oh, well, and he gives the snake a little slug of brandy and then pops the snake back in the water. And he lies back in his boat thinking, thinking he's done well, you know, happy snake, happy frog. And then 10 seconds later, there's a knocking on the side of his boat and up pops the snake. And this time it's got two frogs in his mouth. <laughs> So the moral of the story is what gets measured gets done. As you say. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so yeah, I get two frogs for brandy. Great. Yes, brandy. and and it's so easy though, isn't it, to try and um, please everybody. Um, um, so easy. But like I said earlier, it's what comes back at you is actually a reflection of what you've done, and you've got to obviously take that on board and say, well, yes. okay, I didn't want that outcome. What could I've done differently? Um, exactly. to get the outcome that I was wanting. And so we've got to uh, obviously be aware of that. Um, and it's Absolutely. obviously, you know, we, we learn by our lessons uh, and being aware of the things that are happening. Um, and if we carry on doing the same things, what can we expect? You'll get what you've always got. <laughs> the same things. Great stuff. Um, this has been really interesting, Ali. I just think um, before we uh, finish off, I'd like just um, some pearls of wisdom for you from you. And what I'm going to ask you is um, what what three things um, can we do to help with better attitudes um, in, in two ways, really. Firstly, for ourselves as a, as a leader. And secondly, how can we instill better um, attitudes and behaviours um, in our team? Well, for ourselves, we've got the lovely OK Corral model, which comes from transactional analysis, Mark, which uh, if a leader, if you just check in with yourself before you need to have any discussion with a team member, how am I feeling about me right now? Am I feeling competent and OK or am I not? And how am I feeling about the other person? Do I think they're an OK, decent person worthy of me talking to them or not? Because if you're feeling anything less than feeling I'm okay about me and I'm also feeling okay about you, the conversation is not going to go very well. So just check in with yourself. If you're feeling a bit jaded about the person, just go and make yourself a cup of coffee first before you talk to them and get yourself into an I'm okay and you're okay state. Mm -hmm. That's really helpful. Yep. 
when you're talking to them about attitude, make it specific and make it behavioural. What about their attitude is wrong? So that you can give them very clear feedback. Um, And a third thing, just be kind to yourself. You're not going to get it right all the time. So the best you can do is keep trying and trying again. And just keep doing it until you get it right. And write things down just to clear your head. Yes. And I, and I suppose that uh, what you've talked about there is actually just, like you say, give yourself time uh, and breathe. Um, and if you're feeling under pressure, try to you know find the best way to take that pressure off yourself, I guess. Absolutely right. And breathing and drinking water mm. and just taking five minutes out is a great way of just restoring your sense of self. Yeah. The simple things make them a big difference. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Ali. I've, um, it's been um, the time's flown by, and I and I know that you've uh, given great value for the listeners. Um, I will put all the details in the show notes and how you can contact Ali and find out a bit more about um, Ali and what she does and liberating leadership. Um, and so, for now, thank you, Ali. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you for listening today. As action leads to outcomes, make sure you make a note to start, stop or continue doing whatever struck a chord in this episode. Don't forget to subscribe at thereluctantleader.co.uk where you'll find links to all the past episodes, vlogs, blogs and how you can get in touch with me. Until next time, bye for now.